Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman show for Superman fans by Superman fans, brought to you by the number one ranked Superman website in the world, supermanhomepage.com. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Bailey. Hey Steve, how are things down under? It's fall for you, right? Yep, autumn, as we call it. Getting colder by the day, actually. How's your spring going? Pretty wet, actually. I've been working on my roof, so of course it's going to rain until at least August here. But uh, hey, we just finished what's pretty pretty much uh, a summer event, uh, Infinite Crisis. Did worlds die? Will everything ever be the same again? Is that the point? Well, Infinite Crisis was a wild ride. Many were disappointed with the final chapter. How did you feel about it? The final chapter had a ton of inconsistencies, but balanced that out with a ton of character, at least for me. Did it alter much? Did the story change things? I don't know. I, I get the feeling that it's kind of like things Loeb's used to do, where there's a new sandbox for everybody to play in, but the real question is if they'll maintain the status quo or take bold steps like they did in 1985. Uh, it's looking like they're going to stick with telling good stories, which is okay. I think that in the end, the leap forward is a double-edged sword and that people either love it or hate it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the better events I've read in quite, a, quite some time, actually. Um, however, I do agree that the final chapter left something to be desired, I think it could have maybe been stretched out another issue or so. Uh, maybe spend more uh, more time on certain aspects. I felt that the Doomsday thing was a bit rushed and uh, dealt with a bit too quickly. I think a bad Infinite Crisis beats a good regular issue of comic, but pound for pound it is an event. I think it's the best since the Death and Return of Soups, which is pretty good because I'm so biased about that I don't think I'll ever be objective in my analysis of it. So what's your take on why Superman lost his powers? I think they're going to chalk it up to the Spider-Man 2 thing. He willed it, or maybe kryptonite poisoning of some kind. I think it's just a plot device in the end. Do you go along with the whole, perhaps I wanted to, the, my powers to be gone excuse? I don't see that as necessarily something like Superman would do, but then it's a plot device, so I don't know how much I can attack it beyond that it's a lame plot device. Is what they're doing with that plot device bad? No. It's like Loeb in the multiple forms of K. He set that device, which is a cool device, and now people can play with it, but he doesn't necessarily do it himself, like with Batmite, and that's good. Or you have well-written stories that don't necessarily come from a cool plot device, and both work, in my opinion. I agree. Up, Up, and Away has been well worth reading. Uh, classic Superman stuff, even if Superman himself hasn't exactly been a part of it. But seeing uh, Clark, Lois, Jimmy, and Perry, it's uh, been a great read. They actually seem to remember he has a supporting cast. It's a miracle. You mentioned Loeb before. It's sad to see his run on Superman Batman end, but we've got one final bow with the issue written by his late son, Sam. Yeah, my local comic book sh shop guy is matching donations to the Sam Loeb Fund, and uh, DC's giving all the profits to the fund. So guys, if you can, buy two, three issues, as many as you can, you know? You bought the Joe Casey Superman run. If you'll go that far... You might as well do three issues of this one for a good cause, huh? Sounds like a great idea. From all account, accounts, Sam was a great guy with so many creators coming in to lend a hand on this issue. It should be a real spectacular way to pay tribute to the young man while saying farewell to his dad, Jeff. 2000 to 2006, the man created some of the best Superman stories ever, and it's sad it has to end on such a sad note. But uh, then you can look at it that way, or you can look at it as a positive nature of what's springing from this tragedy. Either way, Jeff, you have our best. That's for sure. So make sure you all go out and purchase at least one copy of Superman Batman number 26. And Jeff, you're always welcome to return to Superman. I'm sure uh, Superman editor Matt Idelson won't say no. Uh, talking of returns, Neil, uh, how about all those Superman Returns trailers and TV spots? Well, there's been approximately 650 
50 new trailers released, each one with a slightly differing version of the one before it. The second national, the third international, the 54th TV ad, the Red Case special, the Lex Luthor NASCAR demographic commercial, and don't forget, Super Barbie geared preteen OC trailer. But, all joking aside, all this really means is more footage, more trailer, more of a glimpse. And honestly, I had my speculating eye on this film. I'm looking, like your average fanboy, for a reason to destroy the film. And so far, no ammunition. It's looking great. Yeah, the footage seen so far looks spectacular. To date, there's been the teaser trailer, uh, three full theatrical trailers, the two domestic US ones, and the one international trailer. And there's also been five TV spots. I've been really impressed with the TV spots, the way they're geared towards the audience watching the particular show that they were, that the spot was uh, aired in. I don't know, I, I kind of see it as cheesy, but I know why it's necessary and it makes sense. Like I said, all I care about is that I see more footage, and they keep delivering, even if I have to listen to emo music. I didn't have the full-on goose flesh until the international one, though, that's my favorite. Something about the bullet in the eye. Yeah, it's an excuse to show off special effects, but how cool is that, you know? Yeah, some people are worried that the best parts are being shown in, uh, in the trailer, but it's not just the special effects that make this movie, I don't think. I think it will be the story and the drama... Uh, for those scenes that'll make it, uh, you know, something spectacular. And I think it's important to advertise to the key audience watching the TV spots uh, at the time. Like Brian Singer said, people from 8 to 88 should be able to watch this movie and enjoy it. Uh, here we go, one month to go. Well, yeah, it depends on the movie, too. I mean, if they're trying to sell it with effects, typically it's a plot problem, and if they're trying to sell it with uh, plot or story, you know it's likely to be fairly on track, or at least trying. So They know the effects, but don't swallow the trailer with it. And also, it's what, five minutes out of a two-and-a-half to three-hour movie? Yeah. One month is too long. And next time we KAL, we'll be only a few days out. Yep, next show, being a day or two before the release of Superman Returns, we'll announce final details about the Superman homepage group meetings at a cinema near you. So be sure and keep an eye out for that, and make sure you download and print out your wristbands uh, available from the site. Yeah, we'll be posting ways that you can meet up with your fellow fans, guys. If you're planning to get together, let us know. Email us. Now, as a Radio KAL special treat, we've got Brandon Ralph. Hello. Welcome to Radio KAL, Brandon. Nah, just kidding, folks. Brandon isn't really here, but we've got a snippet of an audio interview that I attended with uh, Brandon during the filming of Superman Returns. Uh, where he spoke about what influenced his portrayal of Superman Clark Kent and how he pre- prepared for the role. Because I had Chris to look at, I think I took a lot of a lot of what he did and, and a lot of what was in, like I said, what was in the script in my own imagination. Because it's not, um, I didn't want it to be, and nobody wanted it to be a de- direct um, resemblance of, of Chris's performance. Um, because I, I, I couldn't have. I don't think I could have, would have done that justice, and I don't think that's what anybody wanted to see necessarily anyway. It would have been too eerie. Um, um, as far as looking at comments, yes, I, 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 before, before I actually got, got the role, um, well, many times I was in um, this place that was in L.A. that was close to my apartment, looking at and feeling kind of sheepish because my picture had already been out once, um, the first time I tested, I think, and so... If anybody would, might recognize it, it'd be, it'd be these guys working in comic book stores. So I, I was always kind of hesitant to even go in, um, but I did um, uh, look at, at a lot of the. There's so many five different stories, something going on now, and um, you know I realized that Superman was married to Lois, and at what that you know in, in um, birthright, which one it is. I won't even go. I won't attempt to um, 
be that specific. But but and 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 I and I, and I realized I watched I watched um, the Max Fleischer cartoons um, that they did uh, uh, in the 40s. Uh, my mom had bought some at Walmart or something. I don't know for a dollar. And then I got some from somebody else. Um, you know <laughs> that are these ten minute ones in the pretty much the same scenario. Every they just change the villain every time. And Lois goes and gets in trouble, and then. Uh, Clark goes after him and, uh, and uh, he says, uh, well, this is a job for Superman. And, you know, then he changes and he goes after him. Uh, and and uh, he always knows that he, he's never surprised, kind of funny, he's never surprised that she's there or that, that he find, where he finds her. You know, he opens up the door of the plane and not knowing that really that she's in there and he has intuition or using his extra vision. And then uh, she's there and stays there and that's the end of the story. Um, but I, and I and uh, so so that was all that was all that was interesting watching that old stuff to see the evolution of the character um, as Clark becomes more subdued um, and not as boastful. Uh, the whole character I think mellows, which I think is good. Uh, you know, obviously it's all about America and go America in in the in the fifties. Um, a lot of that stuff is because um, it's you know the war is going on and we're selling war bonds and all these things and Superman done things that maybe you know looking back politically <laughs> you know, Superman was used for things that you know we wouldn't we wouldn't agree with now um, and so uh, I followed the evolution of and then and then how Chris made the character was much more real for that time in in '78 and for 25 years it, it changes a lot how we view and even the comics change are more open in, in the way in which they speak um, it became more real as well but I think what's what's great about a film is that the characters can become even more real from the comics um, obviously because it's a real person playing not a, uh, not a photograph but the language becomes there's a difference in the language um, and how an actor can portray can portray the story I'm not sure if any of this is making sense. Um, I'm rambling now. Awesome stuff. Now tell me, did he seem like an abomination to all things Superman, or maybe like the right guy? I mean, in person. He was exactly what I'd hoped he'd be. Uh, He's a real gentleman, sincere, down-to-earth, a real nice guy, and a Superman fan to boot. Listen to what he had to say in regards to how his portrayal differs to that of Christopher Reeves. Yeah, well, I think the the difference comes in, in the 25 years that we've had since um, since the last since, well since Chris specifically I'll say that specifically because that's the one I know best and that's what most people know best as well um, and, and that comes from like I say the 25 years from these recorder stuff um, is it yours? Oh. <laughs> I better wait thank you <laughs> thank you okay um, the the differences come in uh, in the in in, in seventy eight was the first incarnation of Superman on film. Um, besides the, the serials with Kirk Allen, I guess, which were shown in the theaters, um, but this is the first film and. And you know, I, I know that it started out. The script was like 500 pages, or a huge 300 pages. It was a huge script, 
then they, 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 marked, they knocked it down Mr. Darner went in and did a lot of stuff to it and, and it was really cheesy and, and they, they, they cut out and, and made it to what it, what it became um, which was a great film um, in, 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 in 78 and, and, and still today but what, what, we're in 2005 and um, and and life society has changed it, it's, our, Superman changes with society um, with our view of society he becomes more he becomes bigger in the 50's Superman was um, America the American way um, uh, truth justice in the American way um, for me it's not about that I mean you know uh, it, well it's truth justice but it's not the American way it, how can it be how can we be so simple minded to say that it's just about America now Superman came to save the world not just America and you know he can be used you can use Superman to, to mean for whatever purpose you want to use him I think we're different oh no we're still going you guys know your own so, so that's a big difference to me and, and I'm not saying in 78 I don't think that was necessarily the case it wasn't all about America either but for me that's, that's what it is and in this film that's what it's, that's what it's about and it's just more real I, I and there's not a better way to express it. It's just more real, this film, than any other thing you've probably seen. I, Brian describes it as a love story um, with all this action going on. The guy with superpowers. Um, and it really is. I mean, you guys saw the Comic-Con footage. There's very little special effects in there. But I think it's pretty gripping, um, the stories, the relationships. I mean, Jim, Jim, uh, James Marsden, is, Jim is so great. You know, he's got some good lines that are in that trailer. It's just, like, heart-wrenching. And, and that's without any action. And I'm so excited that, that, the, that the film is, is... I think people will come in, see the film, and, and go, wow, that was a great movie. Not that that was a great comic book movie. I mean, I think it rises above. It's still a comic book movie. It's about a comic But it rises above, which is not to say anything bad about comics. I think it's amazing that something that born out of, born out of unreality can become so real. Um, and the same thing with Superman. I mean, I think he grows um, because of the writing and becomes more worldly and just um, all-encompassing. Uh, and that's not because of my performance or anything other than just the story itself. Uh, and he's got a bigger message in it, and um, really to change the world, not just by saving things, um, but by being an influence in the world so that other people can see if, if Superman just saves things, um, he just saves things, and and people become feel like he can do everything for them, and they don't need uh, that's all that's all they get from it. But if he can influence and say, hey, you can aspire to be better in your life or or different in your life, you know that's a great thing. And normally that's evident by speaking anything in a film. But that's what I that's what I'm working on um, portraying. It sounds pretty spot on to me. That is how he mentioned Kirk Allen. Yeah, most of the fans who read the site don't even know who Kirk Allen is outside of the historical reference frame. That, his knowledge of past incarnations, and his total understanding of what drives Superman. I was totally impressed with the guy. Brian was spot on when he cast Brandon in this role. I can't wait for the movie. Well, that pretty much sums up our discussion for this Radio KAL show. Uh, Shall we move into the trailer for Superman, The Last Son of Krypton audio drama? Definitely. What happens in this episode? As if I don't know. Ha. Let's find out. A friend seems lost for good. I think you've had enough surprises lately. You mean Lois? 
Ever since the Bizarro's attack, she's been a totally different person. Is Clark's mysterious informant really on his side? I've spent years studying Luther, trying to bring him down. And what do you need me for? I need someone I can trust to keep the evidence safe while we build a case against him. Dr. Anderson begins his plans for revenge. Hello, world! Or rather, hello, Lincoln to LexCorp! And the Daily Planet is under attack. Superman, come out and play. Oh my god, is that... Parasite. Business picks up as Pendant Productions presents issue 17 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton on May 31st, 2006. Only at supermanhomepage.com. Got a bad feeling about this one. That's not a bad thing. Check it out. Yeah, if you've ever had a beef with Neil over one of his reviews, then you'll want to catch this episode of the uh, audio drama. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Time for the super secret soundbite competition. Last month, the sound came from the first episode of season four, Crusade, and 16 people guessed it correctly. They were Steve Holmes, Joshua Parker, Sean Hemmings, Daniel Sperry, Aaron Peck, Cade Hand, Philip Maxillan, Andrew Maitland, Paddy, Rocky, Bill Onyango, Onyango, Annie Allen, Stephen G, Steve Connolly, Tim Costello, and Jamie. Congratulations, guys. Good ears. And now for the new super secret soundbite. See if you know which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. This hillbilly cartoon you have as a sheriff. The premiere of season six, right? Yeah, I travelled forward in time. If, unlike Neil, you think you know which episode of Smallville this sound comes from, use the super secret soundbite competition entry form found at the Radio KAL webpage and send your entry in. Each person who gets it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL show. Brainiac brain teaser time. Oh, see the true bizarro in me come right out. Shall I read it? Let's give last show's answer first. You'll recall that Jimmy and Bibbo left the Acer clubs at different times, with Bibbo's dog Crypto running back and forth between them. We asked how far had the dog run before Bibbo finally caught up with Jimmy. The answer? 10 miles. Bibbo left one hour later than Jimmy and was walking at a pace that would allow him to catch up to Jimmy in one hour. Since the dog was running from for one hour at 10 miles per hour, he ran 10 miles. Semantics. Okay, Neil, give us the new brain teaser. Here goes. There's a grandfather clock in the Kent Lounge that chimes the appropriate number of times to indicate the hour, as well as chiming once at each quarter hour. If the Kents were in the adjoining kitchen and heard the clock chime just once, what would be the longest period of time they would have to wait in order to be certain of the correct time? The clock is working properly, and it's set at the correct time. Hmm, sounds tricky. We'll give you the correct answer in the next Radio KAL show. While you're trying to work out that Brainiac brain teaser, here's some soothing music to think to. Yep, Superman in songs time. What's the tune this month? How about a song called Resignation Superman by Big Head Todd and the Monsters? Nice, play on.
and that's the show for this month. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Steve. You stay classy. WRONG! Remember, if you have any topics you'd like Neil and I to discuss, or want to send us a letter to be addressed on a future Radio KAL show, feel free to contact either myself or Neil using the feedback forms found on the Superman homepage website. Until next month, we hope you've enjoyed Radio KAL. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.